0: Hello and welcome to The Top Story, a podcast that brings you the headlines of the day with the help of our correspondents around the world. I'm Sui. Coming up in this edition, China will send its first civilian astronaut into space. Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has won another term after an election runoff victory. A deal has been reached to raise the borrowing limit in the U.S. China will launch Shenzhou 16 manned space mission on Tuesday local time with the first civilian astronaut on board. The crew consists of Jing Haipeng, Zhu Zhu, and Gui Haichao. This is Commander Jing's fourth journey into space.
1: Talking about my expectations, first of all, we have every reason to believe that the spring of China's space industry already arrived and we have all the confidence and the capability to completing the mission successfully and also to bring the dream, intelligence, knowledge, hard work of all people involved into reality.
0: The other two crew members are traveling to space for the first time. Spaceflight engineer Zhu Yangzhu would take care of daily maintenance on the space station.
2: I'm full of expectation. I hope
1: I can adjust myself quickly to the macro environment in space.
2: And more than that,
1: I will keep my morale high and also perform my task precisely and to check through the list on my agenda successfully and also to maintain each and every facilities and equipment in the space station.
0: Pillow Specialist Gui Chao is a professor at Beijing-based Beihang University. He's the first taikonon for a manned mission who's not part of the Chinese People's Liberation Army.
1: Because of the platform of China's space station, their new roles can be unveiled and introduced into the space station and also to usher the new era, with more
0: opportunities.
1: I also show my respect with to the, the personnel in the, the AVH and space industry generation after generation for their hard work. The
0: Shenzhou 16 crew will carry out an array of tasks ranging from spacewalks to systems verification and scientific experiments aboard the Tiangong space station. For more, Zheng Yibing takes a closer look at the Long March 2F carrier rocket at the Jiuquan Satellite Launch Center. The fully-dressed crew entered the spacecraft while
2: staff performed checks of the flight equipment. It was a complex effort to coordinate system personnel, including the taikonaut, spacecraft, and ground teams. They carried out the simulation of ignition and lift off. With the technicians performing key operations inside the capsule we have
0: conducted the joint rehearsal involving all systems which means that our flight combination of rocket and spacecraft has entered the final refueling process all systems of this manned launch mission are coordinated and in line with each other and ready for refueling and launch meanwhile
2: Preparations for the return of the Shenzhou-15 crew are on way. All three taikonauts are set to be well after spending almost half a year on board the Tiangong space station and are ready to hand over to the incoming crew. Now all systems at the site are counting down to the launch sequence. They're making the final preparation for the ignition and lift off of this mission.
0: That was Zheng Yibing reporting. Turning to Turkey, incumbent President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has won another five-year term after an election runoff victory. He won more than 52% of the vote. Main opposition leader Kemal Kılıçdaroğlu called it the most unfair election in years but did not dispute the outcome. Miguel Bertvet reports from Istanbul.
3: Recep Tayyip Erdogan has once again emerged victorious as Turkey's high electoral board has confirmed his win in the country's first runoff presidential elections. The victory extends his 20-year rule by another five years. Erdogan faced his toughest challenge against the main opposition leader and candidate of the nation alliance, Kemal Kılıçdaroğlu. In a victory speech to a jubilant crowd in Istanbul on Sunday evening, Erdogan said, quote, we deserve your trust." During his address, Erdogan emphasized the importance of continuing the work and stressed the need to regain the Istanbul mayorship next year as the country prepares for local elections. Erdogan also reiterated his commitment to rebuilding Turkey's disaster zone, which was devastated by massive earthquakes in February. He expressed gratitude to those in the affected region who braved challenging conditions to cast their votes. Kemal Kılıçdaroğlu, the opposition candidate, conceded but criticized the electoral process. Thousands of Erdogan supporters took to the streets to celebrate his victory, with Erdogan winning the presidency by a narrow margin of around 52 percent. Despite Erdogan's pledge to govern all 85 million citizens of the country, Turkey remains deeply divided and polarized. That was Miguel
0: Bartvit reporting. In Europe, the ongoing Russia-Ukraine conflict. One person has died and three others have been wounded following attacks on the Belgorod region of Russia from Ukraine. The region's governor says Belgorod has suffered over 240 waves of drone, mortar and shelling attacks. These have caused several casualties and damage to some public facilities and private residential buildings. Also on Sunday, at least one person was killed and another wounded in an overnight air attack on Kyiv. Ukrainian officials say Russia launched a drone attack when the capital was celebrating Kyiv Day, with 40 out of 54 drones targeting the city. Dasha Cherneshova has more from Moscow.
4: Well, certainly, as we have heard from the Russian Ministry of Defense, there was no mention of this attack against the Ukrainian capital. What the Russian Ministry of Defense has been talking about is destroying the military infrastructure of Ukraine across other cities. Now, we have heard that in Kharkiv region, the place where the uh, mercenaries were deployed, has been hit. And Russia has been insisting that it is targeting only the military infrastructure, including the ammunition warehouses where the Western-supplied weapons are being held. Also, Moscow insists that it is targeting the Ukrainian uh, territory in order to make sure that the supplies are not getting to the front line where the operation is going on. And now we can see that these reports are coming against the backdrop of the intensified attacks against the Russian territory. We've seen a series of drone strikes, a series of shelling taking place on the Russian soil. And also this is happening as uh, the United States have green-lighted the deliveries of F-16 fighter jets to Ukraine something that Moscow describes as unacceptable escalation of this ongoing conflict. Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, has said that the Western countries are playing with fire by agreeing to provide Ukraine with those F-16 fighter jets. And we've also heard from the Russian ambassador to the United Kingdom. As he was given an interview to the media, he said that it was a big idealistic mistake, in his words, that Ukraine could prevail. He stressed that Russia had enormous resources, so Russia was capable of destroying all the military infrastructure Structure of Ukraine and said that Russia has not actually started to act seriously yet and at the same time the press uh, the spokesperson for the Russian president Dmitry Peskov has also been issuing comments saying that the Western countries have unleashed a war against Russia on all fronts including in the economy and interstate relations so in this context we understand Moscow will be taking the steps that are in Russia's national interest and we have heard also from the Russian officials they insist that the operation should result in Moscow achieving its goals and making sure that Ukraine does not provide any threat to Russia
0: that was Dasha Chernyshova reporting next in the u.s. President Joe Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy have reached a tentative agreement to raise the nation's borrowing limit. But it's not a done deal yet. Congress has only days to get enough lawmakers on board and approve a package that includes spending cuts. Owen Faircloud reports from Washington.
2: A fair amount of midnight oil has been burned over the weekend. But finally, Republicans and Democrats have finally managed to resolve their differences and stave off an imminent threat to the United States, the potential default on $31.4 trillion of debt on or around June the 5th. These two sides have managed to reconcile their differences to suspend U.S. borrowing limits known as the debt ceiling until January 2025. Inevitably, it costs both sides compromises, for example, Republicans giving up the idea that they can stop Joe Biden introducing debt forgiveness for students, a cornerstone of his administration. But for Democrats as well, they'll have to accept that some food stamp eligibility will be contingent on employment status, something they previously desc- described as cruel and a non-starter. The crucial question now, though, is can this deal pass through Congress? Many lawmakers are out of Washington, D.C. for an extended holiday weekend. That means a vote on this won't be held until Wednesday. And McCarthy has enraged some of the most fiscally conservative members of the Republican Party. One Congressman, Ralph Norman, tweeting, this deal is insanity, a $4 trillion debt ceiling increase with virtually no cuts is not what we agreed to. This congressman saying saying simply, he will not vote for it. There are reports that as many as 60 Republicans will revolt over this. That means Republicans will have to enlist Democrats to help pass it.
1: I think this agreement frames all that from limit, save, grow. It doesn't get everything everybody wanted, but that's in divided government. That's where we end up. I think it's a very positive bill.
2: But perhaps for Kevin McCarthy, the ultimate cost could be his position as Speaker. In order to get that job, he he made a concession that allowed members of his party, a single member of his party, to effectively call for his removal. And that's something that's going to be weighing on the minds of these Republican lawmakers, particularly these hardline conservatives, as they ponder whether to pass this legislation."
0: That was Owen Faircloud reporting. Before we go, here's a recap of today's top stories. China will send its first civilian astronaut into space. Turkish President Rajiv Tayyip Erdogan has won another term after an election runoff victory. A deal has been reached to raise the borrowing limit in the U.S. That concludes today's top story, which brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to the Beijing Hour, a one-hour news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Sui. Thank you for listening.